Hello, everybody. Hello to all of our listeners, listeners around the world. I did say last time I was on here that I would think of a new way of introducing everybody, but it's totally impossible. So I'm just going to say we've got a really good minister today, ministering the word. And I just would like to hand the meeting over for a while to John Shiver, Dr. John Shiver, because he has something to share with us. And um, we might even get a question and answer session in out of this as well. That would be a rather good, John, wouldn't it? It would. Hello, Aris. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. It's, it's so good to be back with you again. You too. It's good to see your lovely face. You're looking a little bit better than last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so. I'll, I'll, I'll take that by faith. Yeah, you got a little bit of colour this week. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, it's wonderful to be back again. Yeah, it's really been an amazing, amazing month. It's gone so quickly. We're halfway through the year almost, aren't we? It was true. It's scary how quickly time is passing. It certainly is. makes you think. We haven't got time to waste, that's for sure. Definitely not. We're living in prophetic times. We are on God's calendar, and the clock is running. Yeah. And God is about to do great, mighty things in the earth. I said something to Jeff the other day, well, yesterday. I said, Jeff, do you realize that this month of June ends on Tuesday? And by the time we get to the end of next week, we would have completed almost a whole week of July. He looked at me rather strangely, and I showed him, oh, yeah. He said, well, when you say it like that, we haven't got long to go, have we? Um, Every day just runs into another to sit the clock down. It is. um, yeah. So it's very good to see you again. Where is your lovely doggy? He, he is upstairs in quarantine. <laughs> How much does he weigh? He's a he's a little he's a little puppy. He only weighs a hundred and six pounds. Only a hundred and six. Only a hundred and six. Okay. So. How old is he now? He's eight years old. Oh, big puppy. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Okay, then. Um, what, I, what I'd like to, 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 for the viewers to hear is what is on your heart. Okay. Yeah, and I'll try, I'll try not to interrupt, but I might from here and then if I want to ask a question. Is that okay? It is absolutely okay. This is your program, and so you feel free to... To jump in, and we'll we'll work together here to get this done for Jesus's glory. Good, Iris. I, I believe that I, I I really believe with all my heart we're living in prophetic times. That you know you were mentioning how quickly time is passing. Yeah, but it it really is passing quickly. But it is going somewhere. It is not just going circular like a merry-go-round that we just go round and round and round and it's moving forward toward the a destiny and i believe that the destiny of all of this is that that jesus really is coming soon he really is coming soon i see every evidence in scripture in bible prophecy that I, I believe the the word of God is more up to date 
than tomorrow morning's BBC News. Yeah. I, I believe that that we are living in a time that the prophets foretold and saw by the Spirit thousands of years ago. And it's all unfolding with amazing accuracy. We look at all the things that are happening right now in the earth. And I believe that that none of this is by accident. None of this is just happen, happen chance. But this is all part of the unfolding destin, destiny that God has for us. Now, I want to be very clear today to every person listening to this program. We are not in the tribulation. I find all kinds of Christians that believe that we're suddenly now we're in the book of Revelation and the tribulation. No, 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 no. No, we are not in the book of tri- of Revelation. This is not the tribulation, but it is Matthew 24. It is the prophecies that Jesus talked about and, and Paul talked about and and the Old Testament and the New Testament talks about, about in the last days. In fact, I think it was the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 60 who said, Arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is rising upon you. He said, For great darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but his glory will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And so the darker it grows out there in the earth, the brighter it is going to become for God's people, leading up to the great catching away of the church, or what we call the rapture. And so some people would say, well, John, what in the world is happening right now? I believe what is happening today is that God is going to cleanse his church. He is going to clean up the temple before he fills it with his glory one more time. He's going to clean it up. And so what's happening out there today all around us, whether it is COVID-19 or COVID-20 or COVID-21, 22, whatever number you want to assign to it, all the unrest, the riots, the protesting, the tearing down of of statues, the anger, the terrorism. You've experienced terrorism again today. You experienced terrorism last week. All of these things today are part of an upheaval in the earth. And many of God's people are confused about this. But what we've got to understand is where we are not only prophetically, but where we stand together today as a church, as the body of Christ, and our responsibility in these days. Now, Iris, if we understand, if we really understand one truth, it changes our perspective on all of this. And that is that what is happening in the earth right now, what is happening in your nation and in mine, is supernatural. Yeah. It is supernatural. But it has to be, doesn't it? I mean, the fact that it can hit every nation at almost exactly the same hour. 
but it yes. just goes into every country. It, right here in my state, in Florida, we're having over 5,000 new cases a day. My goodness, last week that was 3,000. Now you've got five. Before that, it was in the hundreds. Now it's over 5,000 every day okay. of new cases that are being diagnosed. Just in Tampa? In, in the state of Florida. Florida, Florida. But, but where I live in Tampa, the hospitals are, are, are rapidly reaching capacity. Oh, and so we... We must understand what's happening in the earth right now mm. is, is not just a natural occurrence. All the upheaval in our nations, all the, the terrorism, the fear, the uncertainty, the strife, the, mm. the division, it is all the work of the enemy. But we have to realize that, that Satan is, is never anymore than than an angry dog on the end of God's leash. None of this has caught God by surprise. And the scripture that really has been the DNA of our ministry that God has in, called us to, and for, for 26 years, we've traveled to England 43 times. We've been in 28 countries on five continents, thousands of meetings and 60 denominations. But the, the DNA of our ministry is really based in Second Chronicles 7, 13, and 14. And in Second Chronicles 7, 13, and 14, this is in your Bible. <laughs> Some people said, well, you know, John, this is John's opinion. This is John. No, 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 no. This is actually in your Bible. Yeah. And so for the listeners today, go and get your Bible and turn there, and you will find exactly what I'm saying is true. And it, it it's, it's interesting how this all evolved. We won't take the time today to get into it, but go read Second Chronicles chapter 5, and it's the amazing story of God filling the temple that Solomon had just built on the day of its dedication with its glory. It came suddenly and without warning. It was not on the plan. It was not on the program. It was not on the choreographed agenda that they had put together. They had spent seven years building this glorious temple worth over a billion pounds in today's value, the gold and the, the, the precious metals, the jewelry that was in there. And so they had planned this amazing program, but as they were worshiping, as the, the, the singers and the the worshipers began the meeting. Suddenly, the Shekinah glory of God filled the place like a cloud, and it totally wrecked the program. The, the priest could not continue because of the glory of God that had come. But something really interesting happened, and this is in your Bible, and if you're listening today to Iris's program, please go read the account. In Chapter 6 is spent with Solomon praying. 
And his prayers are passionate. And what he's asking is, God, when we sin, would you forgive? When we mess up, would you forgive? Would you be show mercy? Would you show kindness? Would you come and forgive us as the nation? And that would be a that would be a wonderful prayer to pray. Except you begin to wonder in chapter six, why is it that Solomon is so preoccupied with God when we sin and they had not sinned? It's like, God, we're going to sin, but after we have sinned, would you please forgive us for our sin? And so you see there five direct references and then five more veiled references to Solomon petitioning, Lord, when I sin, it would be like it would be like you, Iris, or me, or one of the listeners saying, now, Lord, I am planning to sin next week. But when I go out and sin, promise me you're going to forgive me. And so so it was that in chapter 6, Solomon is praying. And then we get to chapter 7. And the fire of God, the fire of heaven actually falls in the temple. The priest can't even get into the temple at this point because of the fire of God that is there and consumes the the sacrifice that had been offered to the Lord. But then later, after all of this is over, the Lord comes to Solomon, and he says to Solomon this. He said, Solomon, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or Solomon, when I send locusts to devour the land, or Solomon, when I send pestilence among my people. Now, the most remarkable part about this, Iris, is God is saying here, when I do these things, you see, We've been so taught in the church that... Oh, God doesn't do those things. No, 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 no. But he does. Mm. But let's recognize in our interview today, and for the listeners that are tuning into this program, that God does not send wrath to punish. Mm. Punishment for sin happens in the tribulation on a world that has rejected Jesus. In these days, God sends correction, and he sends discipline. And the reason that God sends discipline and correction to people and to churches and to nations and to his people in the earth is not out of his anger to punish or, or wound or abuse, but he sends it out of mercy and out of love and out of kindness and out of goodness because God loves people. He loves people, but he hates sin. You know why God hates sin? Because sin destroys people. Yeah. God sees what the, the end of sin, which is death, and God wants to do everything he can to bring us back. 
where the church begins to drift off into things that will ultimately lead to eternal destruction of people. He will, in fact, like a mother or a father that loves the children, will bring discipline and correction to the children, not to for punishment or hurt or satisfy some sick, abusive desire that God has, but it's all out of his mercy and love. God said to Solomon, when Solomon prayed, Lord, forgive us for all this sin we're going to be committing. And God responded, and he said, Solomon, when I shut up the heavens, not when the devil shuts up the heavens, or George Soros shuts up the heavens, or the New World Order shuts up the heavens, or or any such thing as that. He said, when I shut up the heavens, that there be no rain, or I send locusts to devour the land, or pestilence among my people. You see, what we're dealing with today are locusts and pestilence. Absolutely. And God said, when I do these things, he gave Solomon the remedy in advance. He, he told him what to do. And God never changes. And this applies to us today in the church. He said four things. He said, if my people, he did not say if, if all the Satanists, if all the God-haters, if all the witches, if all the other religions that are, he said, if my people that are called by my name, those are the people that are washed in the blood of Jesus, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That is the church. He said, if my people will do only four things. He said, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves. If my people that are called by my name will pray. If my people that are called by my name will seek my face or seek my presence. That word face there comes from a Hebrew word called panim. Panim is the same word is translated presence. Presence and face of God are both the same Hebrew word. He said, if my people will seek my presence, and fourthly, if they will turn from their wicked ways. He said, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. The solution today for the UK, the solution today for America, the solution today for the nations are for God's people, those washed in the blood of Jesus, names written in heaven, to come and do those four things, those four simple things. Why did Solomon pray that prayer in chapter six? And the reason for that is the great the great battle for the heart of the Israelite people was in their division between the worship of Baal and the gods of, of, of that day and the worship of God. And what many people have to understand is that, very simply, 
the Jewish people were not opposed to worshiping Jehovah. Jehovah had been good to them. They had they they loved to worship Jehovah. The problem was not with Jehovah. The problem was Jehovah said, you can only worship me and no other. And they wanted to keep one foot in the temple that worships Jehovah and keep the other foot in the world that worshiped Baal. Now, what was Baal worship? We don't want to get into all of that today. It would take too much time. But but the name Baal, some people pronounce it Baal, it's B-A-A-L. Whether you pronounce it Baal or Baal, it is the same thing. Was a demonic, a totally demonic false religion that it involved sexual perversion, it involved all kinds of of demonic activity, but the root of of Baal worship, the the name Baal went literally translated means Lord or owner. Lord or owner. And Baal was a god of fertility. Now that was not just sexual perversion, immorality, that kind of thing. The worship of Baal was all about living a fertile, quote-unquote, lifestyle, but it pertained to animals and crops and all of those other things. The more cows you had, the more money you had. The more sheep you had, the more money you had. The, the more fertility that you had in your crops and your farms, the more money you had, and success, and power. And so you see the root of, of, of the worship of Baal was all encompassed in that love for the world. That was the temptation that the devil offered to Jesus when he took him up on the high mountain. And he showed him all the kingdoms of this world, and he said, all of this wealth and power and glory and and money and all of these things, he said, I'll give it to you if you'll worship me. You see that? And Jesus said, no, we worship God and God alone. That's what that whole temptation was about, was that attraction to wealth and fame and power and control and and all of those kinds of things. Well, that was the root. That was the root of of the worship of Baal. The second god that they worshipped was the god of Ashtoreth. And Ashtoreth was Baal's wife and mother. And it it encompassed every kind of sexual perversion that there was. And they had these, these, this worship went on in what they called the high places mm-hmm. up in the mountains. These were places that were dedicated to worship. And so it was that the Israelites wanted to worship Jehovah, but they also wanted to sneak away to the world and love the things of the world and love the immorality that, that came as well. And so this this whole thing about 
God, Jehovah versus all of these other idols. It was all it was all centered in the idea that people wanted to worship God and all of this other stuff. And God said no. And the reason that Solomon, I believe, was praying that prayer in chapter 6 of God, when we sin, when we sin, when we sin, nobody is sinning. God is saying, I filled the temple, the tabernacle, with glory today. Here's where you need to worship. This is the place you worship now. You don't go to the high places of Ashtoreth. You don't go to the high places of, of Moloch. You don't sacrifice your children to the demon Moloch anymore. I have filled this new tabernacle with my glory. Come here to do your worship. But in the heart of Solomon, I believe there was that element of still wanting to hold on to that other place. Why? Because Solomon, early after he became king, had married one of the daughters of Pharaoh which was strictly forbidden by God to do. And if you go and you look at the end of Solomon's life, he had not only married one daughter of Pharaoh and brought the, the worship of the demonic gods of Egypt into the house of God. By the time we get to the end of his life, Iris, this is wild. He has now married 700 women. Well, Solomon, then, wasn't he? Solomon is now married not to one, but now he is married to 700 women, okay. and he has 300 concubines of all of these other all of these other nations, and all of this demonic worship has has not only come to Solomon's life, but Iris, it's incredible to think about this. But the worship of Baal, the worship of Ashtoreth, the worship of Moloch, the worship of demons has now come to the temple in Jerusalem wow. that had been dedicated to God. Wow. And God had, had given Solomon the solution to all of this years, many, many years before, decades before. But his people would not hear his voice, and they would not comply with God's request. God said, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain, when I send locusts to devour the land, when I send pestilence among my people, that's where we are today. Why? I believe this shaking that is going on in the earth is is because we have brought the world and the values of the world into the church. John, do you think we've, in mainstream, we've reached um, a, a time where we're quite complacent with, with God? You know, we, we've got too familiar, become too familiar, and just sort of lost Lost that yeah. reverent respect, fear of God. Not scared yes. him, but the fear of God. And he's my charm. He's my friend, and it doesn't matter. He forgives. Harris, that is the same spirit 
that that people in Jerusalem, people in Israel had, mm. is God is our friend. Yeah. And so therefore, he'll just overlook Baal, and he'll overlook Ashtoreth, and he'll overlook Moloch, and he will overlook all of this worship. And in time, it all ran out. Yeah. And God said, no. No, I, I've, I've reached out to you in grace. I've reached out to you in mercy and, mm-hmm. and kindness and goodness for, for restoration. You know, it's like Jesus in, in, in Luke 19 in the triumphal entry into Jerusalem before his crucifixion. He wept. All the people waving the palm branches and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king the one that comes in the name of the Lord. And here's the Lord Jesus on a little donkey, weeping, sobbing, and saying, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times would I have gathered you unto myself as a mother hen gathers her little chicks, but you would not. Yeah. You would not because, and he begins to prophesy about what would happen in the year 70 AD that, that Israel would be overrun and the Jewish people would be scattered to every corner of the earth and the temple would be destroyed. And he said, these things were not supposed to happen, but they're happening because you miss the days of your visitation. You see, there are many people in revival and we have, you know, we've been back and forth to England all these many times, 43 trips to your nation for glory in the city meetings and and meetings in churches in Scotland, in Ireland, in, in Wales, many meetings in Wales and all across England. And the presence of God, the glory of God has been in all those meetings. Yeah, we give him all the glory. We give him all the present yeah. praise for everything he does. But, but Iris, the the greatest the greatest honor a man or woman can have is to be in the presence of God. It's wonderful. But we yeah. reverence, and yeah. we've lost reverence. We we treat him and his presence so frivolously, so frivolously, so casually, and it's not casual at all. And now we have a problem with locusts. And now we have a problem with pestilence. And if if the church does not understand this, it is only going to increase. But there's hope. (laughs) There's great hope today. And God gave a promise. And remember, God cannot lie. He cannot lie. That's good. He is a covenant-keeping God, and he cannot lie. He cannot lie. He will not lie. He told Solomon, but he tells you and he tells me and he tells all of your listeners today that when all of these things begin to happen, if his people, the church, will do only four simple little things. He said, if my people will humble themselves, what does humble themselves mean? It means to yield everything to him. Everything. To come and seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus Jesus talked about the man that found the pearl of great price. 
had a field and went and, and sold everything he had to buy that field. To humble ourselves beneath the mighty hand of God is not a place of death. It is a place of resurrection. When we yield our will and our life to him in the church. You see, can I I just be very blunt and very honest? Most, Most churches and most ministries want success. They want money. They want people. They want applause. They want accept, acceptance. They want to be important. And therefore, they compromise. They compromise. Mm-hmm. I mean, ours, the reality, I mean, I'm, I'm being very blunt today, and I, I, I apologize for that, but, but we're living in some serious times when, when, when over half when over half of people that attend church are are participating in pornography at least twice a month, that's a problem. Big one. That's a problem. And I didn't just make that up. Go and do the research. I invite anyone to go and and anyone here in this program, go and do your own research. I think in in the UK, John, I think amongst ministers, I think John Shields came up with 43% on his research. Yes, go and do the research. And one study will show 43, another one will show 56, another one will show 59. These these are my ministers of the gospel. It's the same thing, not not just in the ministers, but but in the church. Well, Well, Iris, why do I bring that up? You know, why Why would I dare to suggest such a thing as that today? Because we're living in very, very serious times. And very serious, we've got very serious problems. And God is, is saying that's the worship, that's the same demonic worship of Astra. Yeah. When, when we go out here in churches about money and population, popularity and acceptance and crowds and pride and all of that. That is the exact same thing as worshiping Baal. That is the exact same temptation that Satan gave to Jesus on, on the mountain when he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the wealth and the money and the power and all, all of these things. And God said, when my people who call by my name will humble themselves that means to surrender everything to Jesus, yeah. everything to Jesus. He said, if if they would pray, and I'm not talking about having another prayer meeting of, oh, God, bless me. God, bless me. God, bless me. Oh, God, I need, Lord, I need another car. I need two more cars. I need three more cars. I need one more house, two more houses. Oh, God, I need my salary doubled. I need my business quadrupled. Oh, God, do this, do that. No, the kind of prayer that God is talking about in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, is a petitioning of God, of, oh, God, I humble myself before you. I humble as a church. We yield before you, oh, God, come and change us. God, come and touch us. God, come and fill us. The third thing that God said 
is if my people will humble themselves and they will pray out of hunger and desperation for God to intervene. And he said, if they will seek my face or if they will seek my presence. That was the third requirement. There is that that requirement for the church to seek the presence of God. That is not restricted or limited to the Pentecostals or the Charismatics. It's those that are born again. Every church that, that declares the name of Jesus. We must humble ourselves. We must pray. We must cry out to God. God, please show us your glory. You're welcome here, Holy Spirit. Please come here. You see, the Holy Spirit has been grieved. The Holy Spirit has been quenched. The Holy Spirit has been shut out of most churches. Why? Because if we let him in, he might interrupt the program. Just like he ruined all the plans of the dedication of Solomon's temple. Not mine, the priest does. <laughs> the priest could not stand to do the program. That's right. When the fire of God fell, they couldn't even get back into their own, their own building. You yeah. See? yeah. When he comes, he does not come to be a silent observer in the corner that makes the offering go up and makes the crowd increase and increases the applause for the the pastor or the speaker, but he comes to glorify Jesus. Amen. Amen. And one of those requirements, and I'm, I'm being very blunt here, yeah. is I, I think God's tired of having church without him being invited. That's very true.
in our entire ministry was back in 2008 in a convention center in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It will glory in the city in a convention center. And it was the holiness of God just came into the meeting. And people were everywhere on the floor with their heads buried in the carpet as the holiness of God came. The glory was so heavy that the worship team could not worship. Even the keyboard player could not play. And we were there that night until midnight. And it only ended at midnight because I I began to shut the meeting down because we were under contract that we had to be out of that room by midnight or I owed them $3,000 more wow. <laughs> and, and for another night. And, and people began to slowly leave, but a, just an intense burning of the holiness of God. And the reverence of God. Iris, we have lost the fear of the Lord in the church. We've lost the reverence of God in the church. We play with prophecy. We come together and we prophesy, we prophesy, we prophesy, we prophesy, we prophesy, we prophesy, we prophesy. And and I, I really believe the Lord looks upon so much of this and saying, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't say that. That was not me, but it, it, it's, it, it's done for the entertainment of the people. We preach. We preach a convenient gospel in, in our services that has nothing to do with the Bible, but we give to people. Paul told Timothy in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, Chapter 4, and in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he talked about the last days, how, how people would depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. He told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, Timothy, preach the word. Yeah. He said, preach the word of God, exclamation point. He said, the day will come. Mm-hmm. That people will not endure sound doctrine, but they will raise up teachers having itching ears that will just tell the people what they want to hear. So they'll come back next week and bring their checkbook and bring their offering. and, And it was prophesied about the last days. And Iris, they, they, people, people don't want to preach the Word of God because they don't want to offend people because they want to attract people. That's right. And, and God is offended. People go and they do all of these things in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and Jesus has nothing to do with it in some of these places. And it's because we've lost the reverential respect and the reverential fear of God and we've tried to bring in to the church, just like Solomon did in chapter 6, Lord, forgive us. I, I, I did forgive you. What am I forgiving you for now? Well, you're going to forgive us when we go out and do all these other things. And I think God is saying in 2020, no. It's, like, no. Uh, it's the same as saying, God. God, um, we're going out on Saturday. Nobody's like with the boys. We're going to go for a bit of a booze up. 
Hope you don't mind, you know, but we know we'll be all right when we come back. We'll see you on Monday morning. Yes. It's Iris, there, many people have been drawn into this because they do not understand what grace really is. Yeah. And what grace is, is, is it, grace is the unmerited favor of, of God as a gift given to us at the time of salvation. Yeah. But grace is not a license. Grace is not a license in 2020 to bring the values of the world, to bring the, the Baal worship of Solomon into the church where we love money and we love things and we love power and pride and prestige and all the things of the world, we bring it all into the church. It is not. Grace does not cover the worship of the demonic gods of Ashtoreth and the immorality. Yeah. Grace does not cover that. God, the God that forbid it in the Old Testament forbids it in the New. And yet many people believe, well, we can, now that we're saved, we can live any way we want to live. We can do any way. And God has forgiven all my past sins. God has forgiven all my sins today. And God has got all of that sin that I'm looking forward to committing next week. He's already forgiven. That's a lie right out of the pit of hell. It is not true, but it goes right back to the prayers of Solomon in Second Chronicles chapter 6. Because Solomon already knew that in spite of the glory, he was going to continue on. Mm-hmm to play both sides of the fence. And at the end of his life, God took it all, including the destruction of that temple that God had filled. It was destroyed, and the Israelite people were carried away as slaves to Babylon for 70 years because they would not heed the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's the reason I believe so passionately today that the people that are hearing this this broadcast, the Christians in the UK and Christians in America literally hold the future of our nations. And upon that that it is not the government, it is not the devil, it is not programs, it is that it that it's the church today, the, the blood-washed church. Yeah. If we will come to grips with the first thing God said, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves. The second thing, if my people that are called by my name will pray. The third thing, if my people that are called by my name will seek my presence. And finally, the fourth if my people that are called by my name will turn from their wicked ways. You see, the, the, Greek, the Greek word for, for repent is a Greek word that it, it, it's metanoia, which literally means to change your mind. Yes. Okay. But it's so much greater than changing our minds. It means change everything. 
Mm-hmm. It means if we're going left, it means to turn and go right. Yeah. It means to go in the opposite direction. I like to I, I like to define I like to define repentance as, as simply admit it and quit it. Yeah. Admit it and quit it. And and we as leaders in the body of Christ, we're going to have to face the reality. We're going to have to say what God is saying and not what is popular that attracts people. The world is is desperately looking right now mm. for someone to give answers Absolutely. And, mm. and demonstrate the power and the glory of God. Mm. And so to, the, to my dear brothers and sisters in the UK, you know, here is, God has laid this out 2,600 years ago, over 2,600 years ago, that God gave us the solution for right now of where we are in June of 2020. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and will pray mm-hmm. and will seek my presence, hunger for his presence, and then we'll turn and run away, run, run away from from sin. I, I, I was in a church with revival meetings a few years ago, and I was having lunch with the pastor, and the pastor said, John, after lunch, would you go with me and pray for the elders in my church? And I said, of course I will. He, he said, well, I said, what, what, what's the need? And he said, well, all the elders in my church are addicted to pornography. And I said, well, I'll be happy. I'll be happy to pray for them. But I said, on the way to the prayer meeting, I need you to run, drop by very quickly a hardware store. And, and he, he said, well, what, what do you mean? I said, well, I, it won't take but a minute. I said, I just need to stop by the hardware store and run inside. And he said, okay, we can do that. What do you need? I said, I need to go buy a hammer. And, and he said, what are you going to do with a hammer? I said, well, we're going to go to the prayer meeting with the elders. And I'm going to take my new hammer and I'm going to smash their computers. I'm going to smash their cell phones. And then we will pray for their addiction to pornography and the worship, the demonic worship. Uh, to the God Astra. He said, well, they won't allow you to do that. I said, well, take me back to the hotel. I'd rather take a nap this afternoon. I'm wasting my time. If people are not willing to change and turn and run away, then it's not, it it means nothing. God is a holy God, and we must preach not legalism, not legalism or religiosity or guilt or condemnation, or shame, judgment. That's not what we're talking about at all. But we preach the mercy of God, the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the love of God, the kindness of God. But the first command that God ever gave to Moses is you will have no other gods before me. And that that was good with Moses alone on the mountain with God for God writing his commandments in a tablet of stone, but it's good for us today in June of 2020, is God is not going to allow this. He is not going to allow the love of the world 
and the things of the world and the values of the world can continue and or we will continue to face the locust and the pestilence and the things that we're having right now only it's going to get worse it's going to work get worse but if we will hear what i'm trying to say to say from god's word it's in your bible it is in your bible and not just that scripture but go read first and second kings go read first and second samuel go read chronicles go read the book of isaiah go read the book of ezekiel go and read the word of god not 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 the word of the latest prophetic conference but go read the word of god the bible in the glory and under the anointing and ask the holy spirit to open your heart and eyes and see it it is there all the way through the old testament all the way through jesus preached a gospel of repentance go and read the new testament and you will see that it is always the same if we will simply comply with god's simple demands in this day God will stop the, he will stop this pestilence. Yeah. He will stop the locust and he will send another great awakening to our land. That's the important one. Yeah, it is it's um yeah, it's so spot on, John, isn't it, really, if you think about it. I mean, this has happened so many times over the centuries. And as soon as God gives back to the people and he starts to bless them even though it's all right, you know, I will this time or whatever. They'll turn, they forget and then they just carry on in a very short time. And you can look at COVID, just COVID in all the devastation that that has caused here in the UK on Brighton Beach. Brighton or was it Bournemouth? I think it was Brighton. You couldn't put a fingernail between the people in yesterday's news. And it was absolutely ridiculous. I have never seen the beaches like that since I was very young. And it was just like this boom has come to seaside towns because it's, yeah. food, it's, it's the, that's where everybody headed for, was the coast. Yes. And I thought, how dangerous. They're not doing any of the things that they knew they still know they have to do and they take that risk and all rush together yes yes well this is this is very very real it, it is very very real but it does not it does not end with covid there's there's going to be a vaccine vaccination there's going to be treatments there's going to be medications that will treat people with this in the coming months in the coming years that this this will be treatable and and help but that's not going to change the locust and the pestilence that are in the land that's right see when god heals it's like a child when you've got children you don't just give them what they're asking for, if they've been naughty, you send them to the room, you give them a little bit of discipline there, and then you relent and then maybe treat them nicely, obviously, they were children. But yes. if the child carried on, there is no way would you just sit back and let them do that, is there? Yeah. And if they well, did it again, 
grounded for the whole month. They're grounded until they get it right. Yes, yes. Well, that that's where we are today. That is exactly where we are today. And and the only way forward now is to meet God's requirements. And it doesn't take the whole world to do it, but it does require at least a, per, a portion of God's people to understand. That's right. The reality in this series. Iris, I really believe we're living in the days before the coming of Jesus. I believe that... That, that that God is going to send another great awakening. He is going to he's going to he's going to send something greater than what was seen and recorded in the Book of Acts. Mm -hmm. I think the people that lived in the days of Acts had a choice of living in their day or in our day. They would take our day with what God is going to do. Yeah, Jesus is going to make make himself famous in the earth one more time. And bring in the greatest harvest, the greatest harvest of souls the world has ever seen. But it is going to be a quick work. It will happen quickly, and God is going to do it quickly. But it's, it's not going to be a work that's going to take five years, 10 years, 15 years. I mean, we're celebrating right now the 25th anniversary of, of, of revivals, like in Toronto. And, and Brownsville and and in the 1990s when God moved and in in your nation yeah. and uh, and the Anglicans and the fire of God began to ignite all across the UK. Yeah, you know that was 25 years ago. Is it really? I remember that so clearly. <laughs> but what God is going to do in these last days is not going to be a 25 year work. No. He is going to do it, and he's going to sovereignly. Only he will get glory for what he's going to do. But it will be to bring in the lost. It will be to bring in the lost. And then I believe with every fiber of my being, the Lord is going to come for a glorious church. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it's going to come until the church is ready. Yeah. So how long do you want to prolong what we've got now? You know, it was just... Just be devastation, wouldn't it? Well, we're either going to choose to get on our knees now yeah. or we'll be forced to get on our knees later. Yeah. And I would prefer to do it now. That's right. So would I. And I, I was, I, I know on the lighter side of things, going back to the days that you were mentioning, um, <laughs> I mean, we heard over here that the people in America, oh, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming any day. No, this was happening, that was happening. It was the end of the world. All these amazing signs and wonders were happening. And uh, they went out and topped up their credit cards to the hilt, £10,000, just spent, 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 spent. <laughs> and then they were left in debt when it didn't happen. And I thought, that just shows you, doesn't it, where... Where the human mind is. Well, yes. I've got to go. If I've got to go, I'm going to spend all of this. <laughs> and I don't care whose it is. It's not mine. <laughs> I know, oh, dear. I, I, wish, I wish those same people had been sharing the gospel with people instead of spending credit cards. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
I, I, I agree with everything you said, you know, because people do, especially well, a lot of Christians don't believe that we're in, they, a lot do believe that we're in the, the beginnings of the tribulation, but a lot don't really believe in the rapture either. Those that do know that there are other things to happen yet. But one thing that really sticks out to me is as quickly as COVID came on every nation, practically. I think it's every nation. As quickly as that happened, you can't dispute that that was a natural thing. Cannot. And then when you look at the, the currently in the UK, I think it's the same in America and Hong Kong, all the violence with the gangs of people and protesters coming out. Then amongst the protesters, you've got the ones that are churning up, making it look like the protesters were the ones causing the trouble, yet they're peaceable until the other ones throw stones at them as well and they get hurt, so they fight back. And the time, the Bible talks about the times of lawlessness, and that's what we're looking at. So come on, world, and come on, church. How much more do you need to see before you realize where we are in God's timepiece? It is quite serious. And it's quite serious for everybody's salvation as well. Yes. Because people people will preach, you can't lose your salvation. Well, I'm not too sure about that. I mean, only God can judge on that, but he's the giver of salvation as well as the author. He ordains who he will give his salvation to. Mm-hmm. So there's another verse in the Bible that says, and the violent will, will take it by force. Yes. Yeah? That's, that's not exactly what it means. And I was looking at the Jewish translation on that, and it really says that is not what it actually means. But the violent ones... We think that they're going to go to heaven. They're the ones who will take it by storm. No. And, and I think perhaps some of our mega churches could possibly be in that depth of realm, which yes. is a very dangerous place to be. Well, Iris, one of the most frightening things to me in the church in 2020 is how many people do not know the Word of God. They do not listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit bringing revelation to their heart from the written Word of God. They will will go and say, well, this prophet said that, and this speaker said this, and I heard this at this other conference. And and that's the way they hear, quote-unquote, what God is saying. And yet they have no time and no knowledge. And many of those people are are greatly, greatly, greatly deceived. And a lot of people, a lot of people aren't even saved. And they they think that they're saved because they operate only on what someone else has said, someone else has told them. And they do not have a living relationship with Jesus and his word. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus said himself that that those who who hear his word and keep his word are his disciples. 
But many, many people don't understand that today. That's true. But then that's not taught, is that? It has to be taught as well. Well, I think many people don't pick up their Bibles, John. They pick up their, their instruments. Yes. You know, the electronic ones and and they might read a bit here and there, but they don't read their Bibles the way they used to. The older people tend to, but, but not yeah. the younger generations. Yes. They're quite new age. I I know the testimony of a of a young prophet. His name is Jeremiah Johnson. He travels all over the world. He's a very young man, but God has is, is used him in a wonderful way. And there was a large church in America that wanted him to come to their church and, um, and wanted him just to be in all five of their services that day and then meet with a pastor and give prophetic insight into what what the Lord had showed him in the church. And so after having gone through five services, Jeremiah Johnson met with the pastor, and, and the pastor said, okay, well, tell me what the Lord has showed you. And he said, he said well, well, first of all, there's never been any, any worship music greater than what you had in your church today amazing worship. And he said, your five sermons were so polished and so wonderful. He said, the problem here is I have a couple of questions to say. I ask you today. He said, is there any one of your worship team that is even saved? And the pastor went, what? He said, they are so amazing, so professional, such wonderful singers, such wonderful. But I'm, I, I just am asking, have any of those ever met Jesus? And the pastor was somewhat dumbfounded by this. And he said to this young prophet, he said, well, sir, he said, I would have you to know that, that we we hire and we pay all of our singers and our musicians $500 each every week. And these are the best musicians that we could hire, the best singers. And Jeremiah Johnson said, they're not even saved. They're, they're musicians. And and he said, sir, he said, I was in all of the meetings. It was five glorious meetings. But he said there was no presence of God in any of it. It was all a performance. Yeah. And he said the pastor was very offended with him and told him to leave and never come back. And he said he did. But that's that's where we are. And and we we have so adopted the values of the world and the things of the world into the church. Yeah. And the Lord, the Lord is not in our midst. That is so true, John, isn't it? So true. Do you know, we've talked, we've talked, and we've talked. <laughs> and it's always interesting when you get together, when the Holy Spirit's at large, you don't notice where the time goes. <laughs> but I think we've come to the end of today's session because there won't be any air time left in a minute. <laughs> it, it went quickly. Yeah. 
it's been wonderful having you on 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 the on the program and um perhaps you'll come back as well again in the future not too distant i would love to come anytime you invite me i would love to do this we have a great love for the uk and the church in the uk we believe god is going to do great mighty things for the uk yeah i think so too you know when you look at britain you see at my age i'm going to be 80 this year in november and i look back and i think i don't feel 80 but I look back and I remember the shipyards. I remember the whole nation coming out on strike. I remember the unions bringing the government, holding the government to ransom until they got what they were entitled to get because they had been promised it and things like that. And I've seen those shipyards closed and the gold mines closed, not gold mines, the silver mines closed. And also, you know, all the, the coal mines as well so perhaps we can go without all the undermining of, of the planet but um the, the industry in britain people would come from america just to buy clothes because it was british made have stuff shipped back to the states that would be part of their holiday that would be why they're coming and we we've lost the great british goods status we've got chinese stuff that doesn't fit the sizes are all wrong and it's made for little people not ordinary sized people and and things like that even marks and spencers has got a chinese things on their on their garments you know and that used to be a shop that you could guarantee that you were going to get the right fit generation after generation so this country is quite capable of getting back on its feet and being strong again. What we don't know yet, because it's going to go to a, a much different generation who have never, ever been a part of the old one. Mm. And that is, that is the area of, of consideration. Well, the great, the great reason for the greatness of the UK and the greatness of America has been the blessing of God. Absolutely. It was that we, we lived in nations that had a reverential respect. That's right. For God, that sought to honor God. That doesn't mean everyone was saved. That doesn't mean there was no problems. But your nation and my nation were, were once nations. Yes that honored God and honored God's word. And that was the thing that made us great. It was not, as you well know, it was not that we were smarter or better or worked harder. You see, it was the blessing of God that made great Britain great and yeah. made America great. That's right. That is so true. We've lost that. We've lost that. Yeah. But, you know, the, the Christians have been praying that the that the, the, the nations, the, the people of the nations will have a revelation of who God is and their ears and eyes will be unstopped, etc. And in, it, with the lockdown in March, um, the can, I think it was the Bishop of, no, no, the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Archbishop of York were already right into running a programme and he was interviewed on BBC TV and he said 
Since they opened their phone lines because of COVID and because of the isolation, they had had over 6,000 calls and the majority of those were unchurched people. So that, that so it's a message to those out there, to those people who have prayed that and to continue praying for the people in this country and America to turn around and listen and come forward and begin to seek and continue to seek such things as I've just described because it's an answer to our prayer. And not everybody would realise that because they haven't seen it or they don't know about it. What else would have turned those people around? And that's God's answer. So God is listening even through all of this. He is listening to our prayers for others in our lands to catch hold of God and then come up through the ranks with what he's got for them. Amen. Amen. There you go. (laughs) Anyway, it's lovely to see you, and it's time to say to everybody, well, bye-bye, everybody, but we will be back. We promise you that we will definitely be back. Bye-bye for now from Iris and from... From John. From John. And, John, you're definitely coming back, aren't you? Just ask me. (laughs) We will. We will. Bye-bye, everybody. Talk to you soon.